0: So we've kind of talked a little bit about it before, but a promoter will be someone who promotes the show in a certain demographic. So a promoter would cover, for example, Ireland, or will just cover a city, or that would actually be in uh, in touch with you know, a booking agent and be like, okay, I want to promote this band. Or oh, usually sometimes, actually, yeah, sometimes bands have the, a local promoter before they'll get to an agent. So especially here in Ireland, some bands, as we know, play a lot before they're actually kind of getting famous in different venues and stuff. And then there'll be... um seen by a promoter. As, for example, here could be, you know, singular artist fucking Ocean Aiken and MCD. um, And then they'll be like, oh, we want to work with you, we want to promote your shows. So there would be the ones that are booking the venue and then allocating a promoter rep to organize the show. And then whenever the band kind of do a lot of shows here, they might be um, seen by a booking agent that then are going to be in touch with more promoters uh, internationally. And then, you know, it goes on and it goes on. But the promoter here, so would work directly with the band or the booking agent, will agree on a date, a venue, a fee, and a lot more in the contract as we assume. But there, there's a lot of things that goes on. But mainly it's, the date, the venue, the city, and that is what would be given to the rep. The, the the promoter then will um ask the rep, um, hey, are you free this day to um uh cover this show? It's na 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 in Waylands. Like, yeah, cool, I'm free for that. And then the the uh, promoter rep will have the contacts of the band or the tour manager and will start advancing the show and make it happen. So as you were saying, this is the opposite of being a tour manager. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we still like along the lines are the same jobs. Instead that uh, the promoter rep is just in one city and we work with, different bands and different venues around town the tour manager work with the same band but different venues and different promoters around it, like you know yeah. a demographic but um, so then you just talk with the tour manager get all their you know writer text packs and make sure you know they have all the information needed to make the show happen
1: okay one of the things you said is that a promoter might notice a band. So, is it actually more promoters going to bands? That bands going to promoters? Uh, it's a bit of both. Mm-hmm. I'm always fascinated about
0: that because they actually know and hear about bands such an like at an earlier stage. Because even I, like, I would go to a lot of shows and stuff, and then I'd be like, "Oh, have you heard about that band?" Like, "Oh yeah," we have actually been in touch already. I'm like. <laughs> How? When? <laughs> when does this happen? <laughs> Dev gig twice. <laughs> you know what I mean? it's like, um, But yeah, so uh, there is a something mystical about promoters that I don't really know about. <laughs> they can but, read the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think so. Um, but then it's just about either you know, uh, luck or right time at the right place or someone that would heard of them before and talk to them or actually bands. Directly emailing promoters and be like, hey, listen to my demo. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but they, they, they would like, you know, be in touch and be like, hey, well, we are like such and such artists that you promote, which is always kind of a good thing to do. If you're a new band and you want to um, be heard or like, you know, just always kind of send uh, an email with uh, some bands that you are sound like or that you know promoters would work with that you think are similar because then it's easier to be like oh yeah next support why not we'll get you in you know so yeah there is never a set pattern once again in music but it's a bit of both it's a 50-50 I'd say
1: okay and still just for me a a tiny bit of um, clarity on promoters booking gigs so they have a team of booking agents as well?
0: Yeah, so uh, it depends on, once again, who they want to work with. But there are promoters that have then relationship with certain booking agencies. There are some booking agencies that are massive, like ATC Live, that probably group they group so many artists, so many independent artists. But then they would have so many booking agents as well underneath, you know, this uh, company. But then, you know, one booking agent that worked with a promoter would be like, oh, but, um, you know, they've been working together with a certain artist and then the booking agent's like, oh, I've just uh, signed a new act. Do you want to listen to them? And then if the promoter actually likes them, and they're like, oh, yeah, cool. Um, let's see what we can do in Ireland for them. And next tour, you know, we'll promote them. Or on the other side, when a promoter cannot discover an act, which I believe was the case for Fontaine's, they got discovered before, you know, everything. So um, they aren't a singular artist, and their promoter just straight away was like, I want to work with you in Ireland, you know, let's work together. They organize shows, and then, you know, Fontaine's begin who they are right now and are still sticking with the same promoter as well they discovered them at the start and a lot of bands when that happens stick with the same promoter because they always say oh they discovered me first they were the one that kind of took me on board and so you know probably are working with different promoters around europe or companies but then in ireland they would only work with the promoters that they were from this time.
1: And what's involved in promoting a show? So you...
0: This is not really my expertise, I have to say. There's probably a lot of things I'm going to be missing. But it would be uh, covering... So you make your contract on what's going to go fee-wise, you know, on the tickets and, you know, how much you're going to sell the tickets... And then all the promotion in the country. So in the country or the city, you know, are you going to try to probably reach out to radios and promote the show? But all that, there will be a budget before agreed on. You'll be like, okay, there is a social media budget of... No, no, no. There's a print uh, budget of this. And are we going to use radio plugins or various ways to promote the show. Uh, But it depends, say, what's the, you know, how you want to promote it, because some bands would, like, already sell out a show without even, post like, putting a post off, you know. They will just hear about their favorite acts, and this will go on. But then you want to promote another show that you're going to have with them afterwards. So maybe you want to have, you know, all the physical posters for the next date and stuff in the venue you want to have them it's just yeah promotion is really the area where um you know the worst that because i'm not the best way into like, you know, I'm, I'm behind the scenes. <laughs> That's okay, it's my own curiosity
1: and I know you're more a rep than actual, uh, you know, you're not a promoter. Um, so but I was just curious because you talk about posters and stuff and um, I'm always wondering is it the artist saying to the promoter, I, I will give you that much money for the prints or is it included in the fee that artists pay to the promoters? Uh, the the
0: promotion, uh, all all what's gonna being, all the expenses of um, a show would be um, included in the contract, and is usually a fee between the promoter and the artist, but it could be you know different with certain acts mm-hmm. or uh, you know, it's, a contract is always gonna be you know different. I'd say yeah. Or, so it must depend on the. promotion company i guess it could be but then i think this is just like a a show cost you
1: know i mean so Mm -hmm. okay and what are your tasks as the promoter rep you go to show you've been assigned to show what are the things that you're supposed to do
0: so um i get in touch with the promoter or not the promoter the tour manager i ask them to give me all the info i look at it I make sure everything is good, that I don't need any hire. If they need any hire, I look if the venue has any backline or whatever they look for in the venue. If not, I contact a, um, a backline uh, company. And then I would arrange times as well whenever it gets, you know, loaded in, loaded out. And when I, once I have everything kind of ready and locked together, I would send all the info to the venue. Or I could get in touch before with the venue and ask them, Hey, um, this is what they look for. Can you get this or not? Usually now, because I know the venues, I can just kinda cut this part of emails with the venue and straight away go to the tournament and be like, the venue don't have this, or we can't have that in the venue, or yes, this is we can have that or this is the kind of you know, layout that it is, uh, which is because it save up some email and sometimes. But all that, you know, you, you kind of only do it after working, you know, for a certain time in a certain venue. So it's kind of back and forth between you, the tour manager, the promoter and the venue to make sure, you know, everything, if there's any extra cost, anything, everything is kind of agreed before because I can't, I can't agree on the cost like this. You know, I can just say this is how much it would cost and then, you know, This is, you know, either agreed or not. And then I can just confirm everything. Once again, it's a bit of a messenger, you know. And you're also the person in charge of looking after the writer, right? Exactly. So then whenever all the tech part is is done, um, there's all the hospitality part as well that you receive the writer and... um, yeah, you basically go and before you go to your show, you always go do a little shop. So <laughs> I'm often in, you know, like Tesco's or you know <laughs> dunns and all them.
1: <laughs> do you want to remind us actually what a rider is for people who don't know?
0: So a rider is just a list of items that the band would need, mainly um, food and beverage, because when they when you're on the road you don't really have time to do your shop or to even just... Sh- I mean, you, you can stop at a gas station, but, you know, you don't even have a fridge ready to store anything. So a lot of basic things are uh, water, some alcohol and um, some food that could be from, like, crisps and fruits to, like, everything to make a sandwich. So you can get some... Uh, funky writers I'd say but uh, most of them have been pretty you know reasonable
1: <laughs> yeah tell us I've also heard about like fun stories of writers and crazy requests do you have any I do yeah um, god I think as well
0: um, a lot of them would have crazy stuff on their writer just to make sure you are actually um reading them
1: Yes, I was going to quote the um, Van Halen example of asking for a bowl of m ms but no brown one. And they, seen initially as a crazy request, they eventually admitted that it was a way for them to test if the venue was like thoroughly reading the writer.
0: Yeah. So here you go. I had a request that all the drivers to play Turkish music from the 70s (laughs) and the 80s. I was like... This is gonna be really hard to make it work in Ireland. Um, do I need to research about a Turkish um, music playlist from the seventies and eighties? I'm sure there's some gems ones in it. I I actually it got me thinking. Um, I had to get a bed, uh, a small bed for um, well like a mattress for a band because the kids were gonna come on the tour. And in the tour bus, they wanted to get a bed. So I had to go to Ikea and get a bed, which was quite funny, I think. Not very rock and roll. No, that's, that's cute. <laughs> or very rock and roll, maybe.
1: Well. Um, <laughs> Being a parent is rock and roll.
0: Yeah. On. <laughs> uh, one thing that I do like on the the is a lot of them sometimes ask about a postcard or a souvenir about the city which I think is a nice touch because as well, you're always traveling in different cities and you sometimes don't even have time to leave the venue. So it could be nice to just kind of have a little souvenir um, of the place you're in. And then just like, you know, some things can be just cultural. I'd say some American writers would be quite different from whatever we get in Europe because, I'm pretty sure in America you can just get whatever you want at any time of day. Then when they come here, you're like, sorry, there's uh we don't have this or so this is not you know, we can't do that. And then they always kinda come back and be like, just get something
1: that is like an alternative, you know. Like specific brands and stuff that you probably can't get in Ireland or
0: Yeah, or some bands really don't want any like um what's the what's the brand? it's not Kellogg's. it's the um there was only certain brands Nestle? that Nestle, yeah, yeah, they don't want Nestle, which I'm trying as well when I buy like a rider, as much as I can, because you know whatever is organic or whatever is kind of local, then it's gonna be more expensive, and some bands have a tight budget, but I always try to kinda you know if I see the band don't really have like bottles of water I'm really gonna try to get. Or like if I get cartons of water better, you know, or otherwise I was just going to try to like give them uh, water from the venue and like, you know, in a big jug to like save up because that can be, you know, a lot of waste very, you know, easily. Mm-hmm. So I always kind of have to be a bit self-conscious about that as well. Make mm-hmm. sure that if the, as well, I kind of always look if, the band is in the middle of a tour. If they're in a the tour bus, so they're flying, because a lot of time in Ireland they'll be flying. So that means that everything in the rider they won't be able to take it back, mm-hmm. um, even alcohol stuff. So, but if they're in a the van, then they'll be looking at keeping everything, and that would um, help them, you know, kind of have some food throughout the day. So all the sandwiches and stuff. If I sit there in a the van, I maybe get more bread. But if they just ask if they're flying the next day, I'll just get like a little loaf of bread, so they're just gonna eat it and not waste it, you know, the next day
1: mm-hmm.
0: or any alcohol as well, you know. I mean, you're and as well. This is all in the advance. If you see they're flying, you can be like, hey. Uh, if and if you see that the rider is kind of big, you can be like, hey, is there anything you you know want to take off the rider because you're flying out, um. Because You're making them a favor as well because, like, first you're not wasting and you're spending less money on your rider, which is gonna have more money for you. So, mm-hmm.
1: you know, wow, that is. I like your, your consciousness and trying to adapt to each case and uh make everyone happy, yeah. <laughs> and now, how would you react if you got um the rider from Slayer from their 2011 Fun Fun Fest tour? <laughs> they requested. A hundred snow white goats for slaughter, a halal butcher to do the slaughtering, and bags to soar the flesh in. They also insisted on God. bloodproof umbrellas, a pentagram made of sandwiches, black yoga balls, a human school full of sweets, oh, and two shoe boxes to hide their Grammy awards with the indication do not wear Grammys on the boxes. <laughs> wow. I would ask how much is the budget? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's one of my qu- <laughs> actual questions. Yeah. Who
0: covers the cost of the writers? Uh, it's the same. It's it's a part of the 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 contract between the promoter and they um and the manager, and it's it's a it's a split cost. Mm-hmm. Really, mm-hmm. it goes in under the whole scheme of thing of what costs in a show. So yeah, and
1: so. Going back to more the booking gigs aspect of things, what makes a gig slot secure? Is there a contract with the venue? Is it different if you're a band booking by yourself or if it's a promoter?
0: No, um, it's because you know everything is by email. Your email is a contract. You can can feel like every email that you write is almost like a small contract. Mm. I'm always gonna say, can you confirm? Or oh, you know, I mean, it's like, it's in writing. So that's all kind of, you know, being confirmed. Um, I mean, of course, if it's a promoter that you has been working with for a very long time, then it's all about relationships and they might get more dates or they might try to work it to make it work a bit more. But I, d- I don't even want to say that because it's it's not in too much in the interest of the venue the venue just want to be busy all the time and whoever you are they're just going to try to make it work they can pay the rent of the venue you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's going to be whoever can book it first the venue can just be like this is all the dates that i have so you know choose from that but i think promoters uh, get in touch a bit earlier than a band because a band can just be like, oh, okay, yeah, we're ready to do a gig next month or, you know, two months. But when a tour kind of gets booked by a booking agent and stuff, all these are kind of made a lot more in advance. So they may have, you know, a better dates, you know. They have more probably Saturdays or Fridays. But then it just depends kind of when the tour comes on and when the venue is available. I know with the uh, pandemic now... And um, there was a big backlog of shows that was not that had been cancelled. So, whoever wanted to book a show for this year probably would have had to wait until next year to actually have a show for a bigger, you know, artist because the venue would have been booked for 220 to and then was kind of rescheduled once again to 22. Mm-hmm. So, if you're a new your act, then you probably have to wait like that all those rescheduled show actually finally happen, or some tours got cancelled fully and then because they probably have had another album in between then and they actually want to tour the new album rather than the album before so then you can probably get in the slot of the rescheduled show but that's just you know almost luck at this point Mm. to make it work because you have to make it work with other cities around as well Mm -hmm. So, yeah.
1: And do you have any tips for artists when it comes to finding the right fit with promoters and venues because the I imagine the demographics of an audience can be quite influenced by who's promoted it, right?
0: Yeah. So, um I was saying a little bit about that earlier when always make sure to Say who you kinda sound like, or who's your inspiration? How how you you know, what's your genre? Because then you can identify yourself a bit more. Or like, because if promoters have never heard of you before, by saying kinda who you sound like, they can actually be like, oh okay, I can probably have them supporting that band because they're a bit the same vibes and genre, so they will tap in the same audience. And then look at uh, research your promoters in town, research your pro- like promotion company, you know, um, look who Foggy Ocean roster and look who Singular Art is roster, and look who MCD roster, you know what I mean? Like, and then you'd be like, oh, wow, all my favorite bands are, you know, promoted by Singular Art as well you better maybe message them and message them all over again until you get what you want, you know what I mean? <laughs> and make sure you're known and make sure you be like, or oh, even go to the shows and, you know what I mean, just be around and actually see if that's a fit for you or not. But, you know, people would have heard of you and, you know, things will actually come naturally. But, yeah, always research yourself first and then once you're dead set on who you are and who you want to sound like, Just go after that.
1: (laughs) Basically, guys, be like mode. Be vocal about what you want, but be nice and be patient and things will come up eventually. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, (laughs) karma. Well, thanks so much. That's plenty of information. That's great. Um, I really appreciate the input. Um, I have two bonus questions for you, if you still have the time. Of course. First one is, are you excited that it's raclette season?
0: Oh my God, I'm so excited. <laughs> this is, I think, uh, a French people thing and I'm trying to initiate a lot of people We both have a racket machine here in <laughs> Ireland and I'm very, very excited. I think I'm going to do one probably next week. So mm. we'll see. We'll see.
1: Yes. Are you? I'm going to try to put one for uh, early December. We're recording that um, end of November, guys. And uh, yeah, it might be, this episode might be released um, when it's starting to be uh, spring again. But uh, currently we're in the middle of November and we're all very excited about raclette and Christmas food. Yes. (laughs) Well, actually, that's okay. I lied. It's not just two questions. There's a tiny question... um, more comment that I wanted to point out which we discussed when we had our pre-recording chat about the fact that being French that being a French woman you fortunately didn't have any discrimination against your gender or your nationality, which is great. And I was really happy to hear that. And uh, we agreed that probably the mentalities are, are changing in some places, maybe more slowly than others. But we were quite happy that you and I hadn't had any discrimination towards our gender or nationality, which is, um, which is really nice. So let's keep it this way. But then what we discussed is that as French persons, what we had to go through is to learn how to be more chill because French people can be very serious and formal in their communication, the emails and all that. And we we're just saying, like then the minute you talk to like irish u k people it's just like,, oh, yeah <laughs> and thats grand. <laughs> yes, and I completely related related to that, um but yeah on the on the gender and nationality side of things, I was really pleased to hear that there was no discrimination um on both our ends, so let's keep it this way, yes, <laughs> now the promise it's the very last question. um this is the question that's connected with the title of the podcast, The Music Tricked Me. Basically, I ask each guest when there was a moment in their life they heard an album or an artist that kind of tricked them in the sense that they were just like, I've never heard that before or, you know, I have to listen back to that song. I'm not sure what happened. There's so many layers or they did something different on stage. Something that just surprised you. Is there, are there some examples that you can give us? Well, I think so. Um... I was very
0: lucky because my, um, my family were big, like, you know, gig goers. And I've had seen a lot of shows um, at already like, a young age. I would think the craziest probably thing I've seen was an AC/DC concert. Um, this is not really, like, relating to maybe, like more internally, but this is more like seeing the extent of what music can do and how like, you know, you can just um uh, like gather so many people at such a bigger scale. And I was really young and I was about like eight years old, I think.
1: Wow, at an A C D C gig. Yeah, yeah, nice. yeah. And
0: everyone was looking at me, it's like, Why are you so lucky. Like you <laughs> know like, everyone was like and then like there was a bit of an like uh like sexy scene you know at the start and i remember my mom tried to cover my eyes but i could see in between and you know it's all about like an evil woman just kind of like you know you know fooling around with the members of acdc <laughs> but uh it was it was just insane to see all the, the the amount of people just for one show and it like as soon as it started just like i was in the stadium and i could see just everyone jumping and stuff and i was just like i was like what what is what is happening in here what's and just for you know just for this um I would say then like more personal I feel like this as well relates to your being like upbringing you know and like this is definitely my mother and grown tastes, states but Pink Floyd has been something that like has always been with me from a young age. And I know my granddad was very big into films and always put, like, a Pink Floyd, you know, like, 15-minute track (laughs) that covers the entire kind of, like, little film or something. And we've traveled a lot. And, yeah, they were playing playing quite a lot. And it's just like, you know, I was lucky to be open even to that kind of music. Um at a young age in our day our time. But, um, yeah, it's just, it's it's almost like therapeutic at this point, you know. I mean, it's like, wow. And even now, because, you know, younger, you didn't really, you know, understood all that came with it, being in the music industry and, like, learning that all this kind of sound that they were creating was, was very new for this time as well. And, like, you know, they were, so I think this band is, like, really with me. Because it's like at every step of my life, there's that, always something that I discover, you know, that I'm probably only able to understand at this age because I'm this age and I have this experience, you
1: know what I mean? I really like it. It's lovely to hear when people have had this band that they've heard when they're younger. A lot of people are inspired by the music that their parents listen to. Mm. And then when you grow up as an adult and you rediscover it, As the person you are then, as an adult, I think it's a beautiful story. So, thanks for sharing this. No problem. And Pink Floyd, yes, of course, yeah, (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. they're amazing. (laughs) Thanks a million. That is so 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 good. Everything you said. Appreciate your time. Good luck with all your upcoming projects. I'm sure 2023 is going to be a a good and busy year for you. You seem to be uh, on the perfect direction for what you're after. So good luck with all that and see you next week for the Raglet.
0: Thank you very much. Yeah, I appreciate you. I really appreciate the Raglet as well.